Without a doubt, the most frequently asked question of your minister these days is something along the lines of, so, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I realize that this is not meant as broadly as it may sound, but rather relates to plans for in-person gatherings within our building in the light of current circumstances. Our tentative date for in-person worship of September 12th, which once seemed so far away, almost over the rainbow, elusive, shining in the distance with the promise of a world returned, or at least returning to some semblance of normalcy. Now, with COVID cases rising each day due to the Delta variant and a seven-day average just reported in San Luis Obispo County that is higher than anything we've seen since February of this year. September 12th, we can see now, is just around the proverbial corner on this same block we have been around before. This is not the future we had tentatively planned for. And all we can do is responsibly respond to what is as best we can. Reorganize, regroup, remember that we are here with and for each other each step of the way. We travel this road together. So, what's going to happen? I can't say exactly. I won't, at this point, even posit a new tentative date for in-person worship. We can only hold on to our principles as we plan and continue our projects to provide a healthy and welcoming environment within the building and for those attending virtually, valuing accessibility and inclusion across age and health status, keeping the most vulnerable in mind both within and outside our congregation, listening to the science as best we can amid the clamor, and listening to one another as we share the challenges and opportunities of this time and place. If ever there was a time for sacred flexibility, being willing to roll with what is through whatever twists and turns arise, this is it. And I mean that in the broadest sense, because underneath the specifics of that question dealing with congregational planning, I do hear that much broader question. So, what is going to happen? And it's not that you expect, as you are asking that deeper, broader question, that I will have an answer to that, but that you want to share the fact that you are carrying the question, that we are all carrying that question. And there is something very important about sharing that question, along with the realization that we so, so, so don't know. We don't know what is going to happen. The future, as Virginia Woolf wrote, is dark, as in inscrutable. But we so, so, so want to know 
we are all carrying that question, what is going to happen? And it is echoed throughout our society and over every possible form of communication. And while nobody can answer it with certainty, those being asked the question do their best to respond from their particular area of expertise, nurses and doctors and scientists and researchers and psychologists and politicians and activists and trauma specialists and writers and historians and parents and teachers. They all present possibilities and probabilities that can be quickly turned into prophecies on the receiving end because darn it, we just want to know. And then we criticize those same people when such and such doesn't happen, even though they never said it would happen, only that it was a possibility or a probability, and round and round we go. When the answers get too complex and too hard to pin down, I can understand that it is tempting to accept a conspiracy theory that has no trouble in asserting an airtight, unquestioned answer to everything. And though this is a human tendency that is particularly pronounced in these circumstances, I think that our desire to look toward the future with some degree of certainty and our illusion of being able to exercise more control over it than we really have, I think that shows up throughout human history and in some well-known aphorisms. Those who cannot remember their past are condemned to repeat it, wrote philosopher George Santayana, meaning presumably that if we do remember it, we can somehow avoid that fate which so far hasn't been proven to me. Samuel Clemens has been credited with little corroborating events, with the phrase, with little corroborating evidence that he actually said this, but with the phrase, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Both of these phrases have been used recently during this pandemic. As we look back to 1918, to the Great Plague of London, to the Black Death, for some understanding of how people responded to pandemics then that may help us now. But as interesting and insightful as that can be, it won't supply the answer to that question we began with. What's going to happen? A more apt quotation to me comes from philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And the future is dark, as in inscrutable. Sometimes our deep yearning for what we want to happen convinces us we will soon be traveling with Judy Garland up and over the rainbow, and instead we find ourselves at the reception with Mick Jagger singing, you can't always get what she won't. And on the other hand, there are times we convince ourselves of the absolute certainty of a terrible future, and believe that the darkness around us foretells the end of the world when, in the words of songwriter Loudon Wainwright, it's just the middle of the night. 
As Rebecca Solnit writes, we transform the future's unknowability into something certain, the fulfillment of all our dread, the place beyond which there is no way forward, but again and again, far stranger things happen than the end of the world. The future is dark, wrote Virginia Woolf, dark as in inscrutable, and she continued, which is, on the whole, the best thing the future can be, I think. A surprising number of qualifiers in that thought for such a brilliant and precise author, on the whole, I think. But for me, it underscores that frightening feeling we all have upon arriving at the edge of what we can see. The future is dark, as in inscrutable, and that inscrutability leaves us feeling insecure as we sometimes seek security in an illusion of certainty, even if it is certainty of doom. At least we know, we think, But the future is unknowable, which may be the best thing the future can be. So, what's going to happen? I don't know, but I can testify to what Solnit affirms again and again, far stranger things happen than the end of the world. I don't know what it is that I find so comforting about that sentence. It is not misty-eyed sentimentality. It is not rose-colored glasses optimism. It does not even presume to say what those stranger things might be, nor to say if they are good or bad. It is just making the provable point that though the end of the world has been predicted many times, again and again, far stranger things happen. It speaks, I guess, possibility and is a perfect lead-in to our upcoming theme in September, Embracing Possibility. No, we can't always get what we want. But if we try sometimes, well, we might find we get what we need. And I know that can sound flip. I do not mean it to be. I am aware of some of the pain and suffering that members and friends of this congregation have experienced during this time. I am aware of the ways that the most vulnerable in this society prior to the pandemic have been hardest hit by this threat to their health and safety and financial stability and well-being. I am thinking of the healthcare workers, the essential workers, the service workers, the ones who have survived to weather all of this, lauded as heroes at one point, and now in some cases threatened and attacked by people who are simply tired and frustrated by having to put up with reality, of having to accept a future they did not choose, and who justify lashing out in vicious and unconscionable ways in the name of freedom. I don't mean to take any of that lightly. I am simply asking a follow-up question to the question we began with. What's going to happen? Given the inscrutable future, 
My follow-up question is one which we ask in a variety of forms each time we gather. Given that we don't know what's going to happen, how then shall we live? Holding this community dear and inspired by our common principles. Nourishing our spiritual growth with the sources of our living tradition. Practicing justice, listening deeply, speaking truthfully. My answer is to keep doing what we know we need to do. Deepening our practice in this challenging time. Not because we have any guarantees of what the future will bring, but precisely because we don't. Anything could happen, and whether we act or not has everything to do with it. The future is dark with a darkness as much of the womb as the grave. I want to propose a new vision of how change happens, writes Rebecca Solnit. I want to throw out the crippling assumptions that keep many from being a voice in the world. I want to start over with an adequate, with an imagination adequate to the possibilities and the strangeness and the dangers on this earth and in this moment. When worries about the future Start making you tense. Sing a song in this present moment. Sing just as long as your heart beats. You must answer yes to love. Sing of that land that you heard of once in a lullaby. Sing out that you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you might find you get what you need. Or sing our next hymn. Number 1015, I Know I Can. <laughs> 